Happy Mother's Day! I am First Lady Tamara and I am so blessed and honored to be able to speak to you all on Mother's Day 2020. Listen, if you are a woman, I want you to hear me and I want to remind you, women of God, that you are seen, you are vital, and you are influential to the kingdom of God and you are so needed right now. So guys, today I'm going to be presenting from the book of Esther. So if you would, grab your Bible, grab a notepad so you can make a few notes and let's dig right in. So if you would, turn to Esther 4.14. Esther 4.14. That's my foundational scripture and we will be coming back to that scripture um, on several occasions today. Esther 4.14 says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So guys, I have the privilege and honor to be able to continue our Again series. We have, for the last several weeks, been talking about um, doing something again. And so today, the title of my message is Influence Again, Becoming a Woman of Influence. So Influence Again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, we praise, and we honor you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity, Father, um, on Mother's Day 2020 to just sit at your feet. Father, I just ask that you come forth and you speak through me today, Father. I pray for every woman under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that um, they are being strengthened in every weak place, every weak area of their life, Father, that you are revitalizing, you are renewing, Lord God. And you just are continuing to shower them with wisdom and perseverance and tenacity to continue to walk up right before you and continue in cultivating those little ones, whether they're little or they're older, continuing to be a woman of influence. So, Father, allow me to decrease as you increase, Lord. I just thank you for this opportunity. I don't take it lightly. We love you, Lord. and We adore you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so can I tell you a little secret? I believe that mothers are the most influential people on the earth. Did you hear me? Mothers are the most influential people on the earth. And let me tell you why. I believe that mothers have the most captive audiences that grow into people of purpose and that we impart what into them impacts the world. Let me say that again. I believe that we have the most captive audiences that grow into people of purpose and what we impart into them impacts the world. The Lord gave me that this week and it's just been resonating with me and I just had to share. But as we again read our foundational scripture, we're going to start diving into being a woman of influence. So let's turn back to our Bibles again. So if you go back to Esther 4.14, it does say, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. 
but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So I want to emphasize that beginning of the scripture where it talks about completely silent, completely silent. And I hope you hear me as I tell you to unlock your voice, unlock your voice. We as women of God cannot remain silent. And let me tell you, this is something that is extremely real for me, is I am sharing a Sunday morning message with you for the very first time. You know, I have taught Wednesday night Bible studies. I've taught women's um, materials and studies. I have jumped on Facebook Live and shared with you things from the Bible. I love to do Insta stories and tell you all about my walk with the Lord, but you know what? I've never shared on a Sunday morning. And I really, for whatever reason, the Lord placed it on my heart to share the word with you all for Mother's Day 2020. And you know what? I just really had to be obedient to him. I had to be obedient to him and I had to not remain completely silent. Do you hear me? For such a time as this. So this is a real message. I didn't even have an idea of how he was going to orchestrate this all together. But this is real for me. So I want to talk to you more about a woman of influence. A woman of influence. So the book of Esther, which you've already found, as you see, the book of Esther is in the Old Testament. Um, it's only 10 chapters, but it's jam-packed with action and all kinds of really riveting material, things that happened. It's, it's amazing. Um, it's only one of one of two books. It's one of one of two books that is written um, after a woman. The other one is the book of Ruth, which is also in the Old Testament. And I tell you what, when I first read the book of Esther as a new Christian, it captivated me right away, right away. And so I'm going to share with you more about Esther, who is a woman of influence. But before I talk about Esther, who used her influence to impact a nation for good, I have to share with you the first woman who's actually referenced in the book of Esther. So if you were to go and read the book of Esther, there's another woman who's listed first, and her name is Queen Vashti, Queen Vashti. And in all honesty, her influence was not used to the degree for good like Esther. So let's talk about that. So the first chapter of the book of Esther begins with this description of a major feast where the king was whining and dying, all of these influential men, and he was doing this for several days. And the Bible describes this lavish feast with all of these descriptive words, guys. You have to go back and read it. It said that um, there were white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of fine linen and purple on silver rods and marble pillars. It says that the couches were of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster, turquoise, and white and black marble. It talked about that they were being served drinks in these golden vessels with wine in abundance. And it was all according to the generosity of the king. It goes on to say in chapter 1, verse 9, that Queen Vashti 
also was entertaining the women of the kingdom, these prestigious women in her own section in the palace and having her own banquet. And there was a point in the time in which they were feasting. It says on the seventh day, could you imagine that many days of this type of elaborate feast? It says when the heart of the king was merry with wine, okay? It says that the king then commanded Queen Vashti to come before the king and his men wearing her royal crown to show off her beauty before the men because she was beautiful to behold. Mm. However, Queen Vashti refused to come at the, queen's, at the king's command and therefore the king was furious and his anger burned within him. Guys, this is all in the Bible. The king then asked the wise men, what shall we do with Queen Vashti? According to the law, because you did not refuse the king. You did not refuse the king. And they answered the king in verse 16 and said, not only has she wronged the king, but also all of the princes. She's not just wronged you. She's wronged us. She's offended us. They then said in verse 19, let her royal position be given to another who is better than she. For the queen's behavior, well, they were worried because the queen's behavior was to be known to all of the women. And they were worried that they would then despise their husbands. They were extremely concerned about the negative influence Queen Vashti would have on the women of the kingdom for refusing to come before the men, that the women of the kingdom would follow after her because of her influence and refuse to come before their husbands. And with that, Queen Vashti was denounced. And eventually, Esther becomes queen. Okay, our girl Esther becomes queen. But Queen Vashti was removed because of her decision not to honor the king's request. And that will preach her decision to not honor the king's request. So let's talk about Esther. So Esther was born at a time when Israel was in captivity because of their disobedience to God, um, Esther's parents were killed and her relative Mordecai actually pretty much kind of adopted her as his daughter. So not only was Esther an ordinary woman living in this foreign land, but she was also part of a minority race that was really held at a low esteem. So much so that when she became queen later, uh, Mordecai advised her, do not tell them you are of the Jewish descent. He wanted her to keep her nationality secret. And that's in Esther 2.10. So on an ordinary day, God chose Esther to do through her what he had planned before she was even born. So when I became a Christian in my mid-20s and I heard about Esther, I remember thinking that if God had a plan for an ordinary girl like Esther, just maybe he has a plan for an ordinary girl like me. So once Esther became queen, Mordecai, or again was her relative, he proved to be this very discerning, godly man. And he was able to find out about a plot 
that was going on that was going against the king to kill him. So he heard about a plot. He was able to then let Esther know, and it ultimately ended up saving the king's life. And you can read about that in Esther 2.21. Eventually, he heard, Mordecai heard about another plot. Okay, this is just kind of fast forwarding the, the story. He heard about another plot to completely annihilate all of the Jewish people. And he asked Esther to step in to implore the king. So basically to step in and go before the king. Now, this is something that you did not do at this time. Just like Queen Vashti, remember her? She was requested to come before the king and denied him. You also did not go before the king unless you were requested. You were invited in by him. So she initially declined and out of fear, you know, like most of us, um, but Mordecai helped her realize the reason that God had chosen her to be queen in the first place. And let's go back to our foundational scripture. So in Esther 4.14, once again, it says, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And you know, ultimately Esther responded with such bravery and such courage and her and Mordecai talked, the Bible talks about that they fasted and they prayed to, to really be led by the Lord on when to go, how to go, how to present all of this to him. Unknown to her, at the same time that her and Mordecai were praying and seeking the Lord, the Lord was actually working on the heart of the king. That's what he'll do. And there was a night when the king could not sleep and he called his servants in to come in and read from the Chronicles, which basically was just kind of the recent history, some things that had been happening in the kingdom. And I'm, I'm assuming it was boring because he wanted it to be read to help him go to sleep. But in that reading, he was reminded that Mordecai actually helped save his life, that there was some kind of intervention that occurred and he was reminded of that. And ultimately what happened is I fast forward is ultimately through um, the king being reminded of Mordecai, he eventually elevated uh, Mordecai and postured him in this position of influence within the kingdom. And then ultimately through a series of events that you have to go back and read the book of Esther, um, ultimately what ends up happening through that is uh, Mordecai played a role in this, but ultimately that death sentence that was a decree over the Jewish people to kill them all, that was ultimately denounced. That was ultimately denounced. So you've got to go read the story. You've got to promise me you're going to read the book of Esther. So let's talk about Esther. Let's talk about this woman of influence. I've pointed out a couple of ways that she had influence for such a time as this. Number one, she realized that she was a key player in the history of the Christian faith. She realized that she was a key player in the history of the Christian faith. So you, mom, grandmother, stepmother, mother-to-be, you are a key person in the history of the Christian faith. 
So can I tell you a story? I want to share with you the very first time that I can recall anyway, that someone influenced me and shared the love of Christ with me. So I was a freshman and I attended the University of Tennessee in the fall of 1997. And I stayed in a dorm and one half of the dorm was all women and one half of the dorm was all men. And I stayed in this dorm, um, Clement, I had to look at my notes because I could not remember. Um, it's been so long ago, over 20 years ago, but I stayed in this dorm and it was a, the floor was all young ladies. I believe we were all freshmen and we had an RA. We had um, a girl who was kind of our lead. I think she was one or two years older than us. And she was like the most bubbly, friendly, outgoing person. She was perfect to be in that role because as we had questions about things, she would help us navigate, you know, these, these young kids who were for the first time away from home. Um, she had this long curly hair and just was bubbly and super friendly. And what I eventually learned is that she was a strong Christian. She was a strong Christian. And just so you know, at this point in my life, I did not grow up in the church. I had not given my life to Christ. Um, we believed in God as a family, but we were not a part of a church body. I didn't know anything about church and just little. I had gone to church a few times with friends, but um, it wasn't something that we um, we uh, did on a weekly basis as a family. So she invited me along with other young ladies to a Bible study. And I can't remember if she invited us several times, but I just know eventually we were in this little room at the end of our hallway to for a Bible study. In all honesty, I think this might've been my very first Bible study. I had been to church service on a Sunday, but not maybe a Bible study. And I realized when I went in there, I didn't even have a Bible. So all the other young ladies who came brought their Bible, had their little notebook. And, and I remember going home like the following weekend and saying, mom, I need a Bible. Can I use your Bible? And so I remember taking her Bible back with me. And I don't know how many of those sessions sessions I attended one or two or more. But what I ultimately remember was she eventually invited us to a service that was happening on the campus. Um, somewhere on the campus, I didn't even know what I was going to, but I went along with a few of my friends and I remember there weren't that many people in there. And I just remember a, a gentleman on the keys and he was playing. I don't remember if there was a message or anything, but I remember music and I remember sitting down with some of my friends and, and other new faces that I didn't really know, sitting one minute and there was an altar call. I know this now that I'm looking back. I just know I was sitting, guys. Next thing I know, I am standing in the front of this room facing my friends. No idea how that happened. Of course, now I know that was really the Holy Spirit compelling me, but I wasn't I wasn't aware of any of this. I'd never seen this in operation. Um, but you know what? What was really interesting was after that day, that RA named Jenny, she sought me out and she took me onto the campus. On a, I just remember it being a beautiful day. Um, the campus had a lot of hills and big, beautiful trees. And I remember just seeing the trees and the wind blowing through the trees and sitting on the bench with Jenny. And Jenny just starting to share about what happened and her sharing with me the love of Christ. 
I remember she pulled out this little piece of paper and she was drawing things across and telling me more about sin and, and what all of that meant. And you know what? It was a pivotal moment in my life. I actually recently found that piece of paper. That's how much it meant to me. I kept it for over 20 years. But can I tell you, I really wish that I could say my life completely changed at that point. But in all honesty, it was a few more years before I really consecrated my life for him and, and really changed more into the woman of God that, that you kind of see now. But she planted some amazing seeds in my life. And, you know, when I think about that, I think about Jenny. She was only a year or so older than me. And I think about the fact that, man, she probably felt nervous to take me and talk about God. She might even felt a little unqualified. And it reminds me of Esther in this moment. You know, when Esther realized that her intervening and imploring the heart of the king would change the people forever. You know, I think about the fact that Esther may have felt like she wasn't good enough or she was unqualified to influence the king to not destroy a complete race of people. But what if Esther had allowed that negative self-talk to deny her? What if she had allowed her insecurities and shortcomings to result in her not acting? Women, do you know how powerful you are? Do you know that God has empowered you through the Holy Spirit to be a key player in the life of someone's faith. And remember, you don't have to be a mother to be an influencer. You don't have to be of royalty to be an influencer. Also remember that the Lord used Queen Esther, her influence for good in comparison to Queen Vashti. Remember the first queen we talked about? which people would construe that her influence was being used for bad, okay? Point number two, as a woman of God, a woman who is an influencer, she can discern her gifts and abilities in herself and in others, okay? So one thing the Bible says in describing Esther in Esther 2.7, it says that Esther was a young woman who was lovely and beautiful, and I believe that God included that here because God actually used that, her beauty, to actually influence many. And she didn't, he didn't use that just to influence the king, but influence many. If you go back and read the book of Esther, God chose her to have a certain look, a certain personality, a certain disposition, certain gifts for such a time as this. And can I tell you that God does not make mistakes? The Bible reminds us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And what a broken culture can use for bad when it comes to looks, God can redeem and use for his glory. Okay, so have you ever been at a family gathering um, when you just see women all of a sudden jump up and they may start serving or they may start cleaning up and you know, I've witnessed that when I've had gatherings at my own home and women from the church just step up and they start cleaning and they start really just helping me and, and serving and, and just filling in. And, you know, women can see a gap and they can be led to fill it. Mm. 
Women see a gap and they can be led to fill it. They see where they are needed. So what gifts has God given you? Has he given you a beautiful voice? Has he given you a heart to memorize scripture? Has he given you a very outgoing personality that can talk to anybody? Has he given you a heart of prayer that maybe is set apart from other people? And you know, besides seeing your own gifts and abilities, I believe that women have this keen insight to see gifts and abilities in others, right? I think as a mother, we are able to see gifts and abilities in our children. So you may have been wondering why I chose to sit here um, by my kids' backpacks and um, all of that. I love this area of our house. This is our most heavily trafficked area. This area goes from here over into our garage. And so where we come and go, this area has, as you can see, my kids' backpacks and you see their personalities and how they differ. And usually there's jackets and there's shoes. And believe me, it is usually a whole lot messier than what you see right now. But I wanted to sit here, you know, when I talk about motherhood, I want it to be where I feel um, our personalities are, where our heart is. And, and there's a couple of reasons why. Right over here to the right, you cannot see it well anyway. I have a small cork board and I have a whiteboard. And, and on the cork board, I have um, different pictures of the kids or their artwork or certifications, things, their awards. And I change that out pretty consistently throughout the school year. And on top of that small cork board, there's a little whiteboard area and I have a scripture there. And when I put this little board up, I really thought I would change that scripture out every week. But it's so funny, I never felt led to change it. And so the same scripture has been there all year long. And it's my absolute favorite scripture it's from Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And it's a scripture that every single time we enter into our home, we see it. Whether we see it, it's there. And it's, it's actually setting the tone for our home. And my kids all know this scripture. It's, we've memorized it. We talk about it. But, you know, as we can see the personalities of our kiddos, we can see as moms their strengths and their weaknesses. And it's really amazing that God allows us that keen insight to see it. So he can make sure we have a heart of prayer. We can be praying over the areas that they need the most prayer and with them. All of that so we can ensure that their gifts and abilities are being honed to bring glory to him. Okay, so my last point about Esther as a woman of influence is that she was humble enough to be influenced. Think about that. The influencer was humble enough to be influenced. So let's think about Mordecai, this relationship that she had with Mordecai. Mordecai spoke into her life, her entire life. But you know what? He still was postured in a way to speak into her life when she was the queen, when she was the most powerful woman in the kingdom. She allowed Mordecai to have influence over her. So women, who are you allowing 
to have influence over you? Are you being influenced by the world? By what pop culture says you should be imitating or be influenced by? Actors or singers, politicians, things of that nature, performers? Or are you being influenced by godly voices? And you know, those godly voices most likely are not perfect. But you know what? They are excellent in the eyes of God for such a time as this. So here, Esther was humble enough to allow Mordecai to still speak into her life. When she was fearful and not sure that she would go before the king, what did Mordecai say? Back to Esther 4.14. He said to her, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I love how he ended that statement with a question, much like how Jesus does or did when he was walking in the Gospels and when he would teach the um, disciples. He, they would ask a question and he would sometimes follow that up with a question. So let's ask that of you. Why have you come into the kingdom? You most likely do not live in a palace. You and I are not royalty by any means. Yet as a child of God, we are a son or a daughter of the king, which means we have a right to his kingdom. So where do you have influence? Where does your voice carry the loudest? Is it in your home like mine? Is it in your workplace? Is it in your church? Is it in your school? Where does your voice carry the loudest? Is your influence being used for good to build up and not tear down? Let's not forget Queen Vashti. Is your influence being used to elevate the kingdom of God? Or is it being used to uh, tear someone down, to break them down? Don't forget also about our sister Delilah and how her negative influence impacted Samson. So sister, sis, we have got to remember to influence again. Unlock your voice and do not remain silent and ensure you are guided by the Lord for such a time as this. So in summary, a woman of influence realizes she is a key player in the history of the Christian faith. She can discern gifts and abilities in herself, but also others. And she is humble enough to be influenced. So some of you may be asking yourself whether or not you are a part of the kingdom of God. You know, you may not know for sure or you know you've not yet received Christ. And can I share with you the love of Christ like Jenny, the RA in Knoxville, Tennessee in 1997 shared with Tamara, with me. Do you know that you can give your life to Christ today, right now? That would be the greatest gift to me. Do you know it's my birthday this week? That would be the greatest gift if I found out that someone 
who watched this gave their life to Christ. The Bible says that you simply have to accept, believe, and confess. You accept the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe in your heart that his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross was full payment for your sins. And you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Then you are saved. It has been my honor to speak life, I hope and pray, into every woman. Whether you are a mother or not, you are a person of influence. To all the mamas, I pray that you have the most amazing Mother's Day 2020. It's been my honor to share with you. The word of God for the people of God and the people of God said, Amen. Bye guys.